Welcome to the Sporting Classics Podcast. Today we're here with Chris Dorsey from Dorsey Pictures and Sporting Classics TV. Hi, Chris. Good morning. Nice to be here. Thanks for being here. Chris has been in-house at Sporting Classics this week doing some book signings of copies of his latest and greatest book, Director's Cut, which is a big project. Something like 20 years in the making. Yeah, if you, wow. If you call that a big project. 21 different big game hunts from around the world. Really the most engaging, interesting, biggest adventure hunts found on the planet. Right. What sparked the idea to take on such a big project? You know, I knew, I knew early on that we were going to travel the globe. We wanted to do this in a, in a series context. Of course, we've produced something like 56 series now and about 2,000 episodes of outdoor television. So we knew we were going to hit the globe and really try and uncover and, and, and cover in the best possible way these big game adventures. So how do we do that where we really get great, great video, but we also get great still photography and then we build stories around that. So we knew going in we wanted to do something more than a television series. And, and what did that look like? Well, for sure it was going to be a book. It was probably going to be a companion DVD film set, that type of thing. So we started building the assets. We went into adventures knowing we got to bring great still photographers. Who are those folks? We know them. And, uh, and we signed them up. And, and so we built this amazing library, something like 100,000 plus hours of HD content, I think 150,000 still images. So drawing from that, that base of, of content, we created this package, which is, I think, the only, only package of its kind ever done, where you've got a real premium, high-level book with great photography from those locations, and you've got a companion film set with those same locations. So it's a pretty unique package. We're excited about it. Yeah, I think so too. It sounds like there's a lot of different ways people can interact with this project, which I think is great. Yeah, exactly. And I think I think you just nailed it because it really is about interacting. It's not so much take a look at this and here's what somebody did. It's really, you know, use this as inspiration to get your own adventures going, to create your own book and write your your next chapter. What does that look like? Right. And uh, for me, you know, when I was a kid, Growing up in rural Wisconsin, watching American sportsmen on ABC come on Sunday afternoons. There's, of course, only three networks at the time. And uh, there's Kurt Gowdy, who is this larger-than-life character, taking me to Africa, to South America, all points in between. And, and man, the world just got so, so interesting and, and engaging for me at that point. It really planted a seed. And, and, uh, and I, I followed that desire to want to see the planet and enjoy the outdoor adventure. And, and uh, so that's, in many ways, I'm standing on the shoulder of, of Kurt Gowdy and the American Sportsman, and, and it's kind of a cool thing. There are a lot of different hunting adventures and fishing that you talk about in Director's Cut. So which one or two is your favorite that you enjoyed the most? You know, I, I, for me, a lot of times hunting is really about who you're with. It's also the adventure. It's also where you're going. And, and if it's a place you've never been before, you know, I, I always enjoy going to places I've never been before because it, it really sort of awakens the child inside and the, the you know, inquisitive nature of hunting and the exploration and, and just that sense of, of wanderlust that comes from exploring new territories. And, and I'm a biologist by training, so I, I'm very interested in the animals, the plants, and, and how they interact, the, the threats to those ecosystems. And, and so, you know, when I went to Ethiopia to hunt Mount Ninyala, which was really the last of the spiral horns for me in, in Africa, which is a very difficult 
slam, if you will, to to get because they live in such you know disparate territories and and they're countries that are difficult to access in many cases. They're expensive to hunt, um, and I think there's there's something less than 20 mountain yala taken every year. It's a very very limited hunt, and they're really only found in humble numbers in Ethiopia and these these cloud forests at about 10,000 feet which is really, really rarefied air in every respect. It's just very interesting to get there and, and again, to, to get up into that environment and then to, to hunt an animal that really was only recently discovered within the last century and, uh, and do it with somebody like Jason Russos, who grew up in this environment, his father, Nassos Russos. The, together, those two really kind of saved the species. They saved the habitat. And I, I really describe them as sort of the Lorax, the Dr. Seuss character that spoke for the trees. Mm -hmm. Well, I think in the case of, of Nassos, he spoke for the trees, but he also spoke for the, the mountain in Yala by saving that, that forest. And, uh, and hunting was a huge part of that. It's a great success story, um, really one of the best in the world, because that species clearly would not exist if not for hunters at this point, because it's a small, really postage stamp size, original habitat that still exists because of hunters, the rest of it's been lost. And, and so that for me was fascinating. Jason's a biologist, Colorado State, Colorado State graduate, and, uh, and somebody who really knows the environment. He walks through the forest and, and he'll mimic the, the sound of columbus monkeys and, and leopards and, and birds and he'll tell you, here's this plant species, here's what it means, here's cyclically how the, the mountain and yala are moving because of of the various plants that are available and the weather systems that are coming in the rainy season. So he's just, he is a, as I call him, a PH in full. I mean, he really is a rounded character that understands where he is, what he's doing, and can, can paint a portrait of the entire ecosystem and landscape in a way that I just haven't seen in 45 different safaris. He's, he's brilliant. Wow, yeah, it seems like there's an endless amount of knowledge and learning you can do in this industry, and I think that that's part of why you can build such a big project is because it keeps growing and you keep learning. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't, you know, I for me it's always been about that exploration. It's you know the came we saw we conquered mm -hmm. sort of you know storyline is is uh, you know there's other people who do that better than I do, but I've always had a fascination for the why. You know why are we doing this? And, and then let's get behind the scenes really of. What does it take to sustain this on these species? And what are the threats to those environments? And so I've always found that interesting and fascinating because I've always felt hunters had really a, a keen role in all of that. I mean, if not for us, you know, this, this planet would be a much darker place when it comes to wildlife conservation and, and habitat for sure. So, so I think we all have that role. And I hope in the book there's a, a real tone and undercurrent of this is our responsibility. Let's go and explore. And, and understand that, and, and I, I share that in the book, and, and I think it's a, a bit of a different perspective than what you read in a lot of you know more traditional hunt uh, fish kind of publications and, and books. Well, it sounds like there's so much content in different avenues with this project that the audience can interact and experience things in different ways. What else do you hope the audience will gain from reading and watching Director's Cut? You know, I think it's it's really uh, what, what I uh, what I'd love to see the takeaway be is is just this sense of let's keep adventure in our lives, let's keep 
the sense of it's a big world out there, there's tremendous opportunity, there's fantastic professional hunters and guides and outfitters all over the world, and there's this amazing infrastructure now that as sportsmen, whether it's fishing or hunting, we can move pretty fluidly and seamlessly throughout the world now and, and explore these amazing places that 20, 30 years ago you couldn't get to, you know, much less go there, stay at a beautiful lodge and have access to a tremendously wild environment. Um, I mean, that's just a, that, that's something that I would love to see perpetuate because I think as people get educated about these places, they want to save them. You know, it's, it's much the same with hunter, hunting. You know, if you, if you care about a species, you're, you're going to take care of it. You know, if you're a hunter and you want to, you want to continue to hunt, you're going to take care of the species that you enjoy hunting. And, and I know that seems odd for, for people that aren't hunters. It seems counterintuitive, but it really isn't. You know, at the end of the day, it only makes sense as hunters that we would want those species to flourish. And of course, we have a track record of making that happen. That's great. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sitting down with me, Chris, and letting me pick your brain a little bit. Uh, thank you so much for being here. Well, in ten minutes, you picked my brain. That's, <laughs> that's all it took. <laughs> thank you. Thank you.